to episode 127 of Divided by Werewolves. Uh, this is the... Uh, I had a small medical procedure done this morning. It was nothing to be worried about at all in the slightest bit. But it did involve a little bit of anesthesia, which involved a little bit of brain fog. And just to give you an idea as to where I am, we talked about the episode number. Mitch said about our birthday and all this other stuff. And I said, okay, 127. And I was just about to hit the record button. And I was like, what episode is it? (laughs) (laughs) So that's where we are. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny, I, I don't, I have not, I had surgery on my hand a year, maybe four years ago, and it was a pretty chill thing, because, like, it, it was, it was not like, like, I, I was, I wasn't put out, they just put me under a tent and numbed the shit out mm-hmm. of my hand, and then just kind of did it, and I couldn't see what was going on, but it was, it was pretty chill, and the nurse would pop her head and be like, you doing okay? And I'm like, great, and she's like, alright. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this time, you know, they move so fast, and the turnover, this was, uh, so I've, I've been having some shoulder neck pain, so I was getting an epidural, and, but they, they, this surgical center, they worked, they move, they said mm. they, they do, like, every 10 minutes, they're moving people through, so they have it down yeah. to, like, it's like fucking Formula One, when the driver yeah. pulls into the pit, and they're like, I've never been so impressed in my life with the level of efficiency on display with three or four adults all working together in perfect synchronization. Now, the flip side to that is I got people on the right asking me things and people on the left asking me things and then people at the foot asking me things. My blood pressure was high. And I know my blood pressure was high because I actually sometimes have low, I have low blood pressure because I will stand up and get a head rush. And Mm. the doctor's always like, your blood pressure is like low. Like, what do you do to relax? And I'm like, alcohol. <laughs> check the liver. But anyway, so when they said the blood pressure, I was like, that's high. And the guy comes in, he's like, is your blood pressure normally that high? And I was like, no. And he's like, he goes, do you have high blood pressure? And I was like, I wanted to be like, isn't that the same thing? Isn't that just a different know. way of asking the same question? <laughs> is your blood pressure normally that? But I guess maybe you could have high blood pressure and it wasn't that high. Maybe it was so high that he was like, well, normally... Right. So I was like, no. I was like, normally my blood pressure is actually really low. And he's like, okay, yeah. He's like, well, maybe you're just nervous. He goes, you should get that checked later today. And I'm like, oh, yeah. where? Like, am I supposed to like drive? Like, they told me don't drive all day. So I'm just like, tell my wife, hey, can you drop me off at Publix because they have a blood pressure station <laughs> at the pharmacy? And I was like, do you know that that's not a thing that people, like, I have an iPhone and it tracks a whole bunch of cool shit. Blood pressure, not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So when I got done and they, uh, they, you know, whatever, it wasn't even like I was fully out. That was the other weird part. Although the way they do it is because it's your spine, which typically they want to make sure you're not moving around. I had to lie down on my stomach in this weird convoluted massage looking thing. And then they strap your arms to your back and I was like well I've fucking seen this movie (laughs) (laughs) I know how this is going but uh but then they you know they they uh you know you're awake the whole time and he's kind of talking to me and whatever and and he said he was playing 80s music because he knew I was older and I wanted to be offended but I just died in your arms tonight was on (laughs) and I was like you know what I I really can't be mad yeah can't be mad (laughs) It's yeah. a great song. 
But uh, but when they took my blood pressure when I was sitting there enjoying my my diet ginger ale because I am old, uh, my blood pressure had come down. So I was like, okay, cool. But I just thought that was the weirdest thing. To be like, you should get that check later today. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Was it was it the anesthesia? Yes, it was the anesthesia. Yes. Yeah, you know why? You know why? <laughs> because in a surgery center, which we are now that I work at, uh, they get to go home as soon as the last patient is out the door. So oh. they're trying to get people in and out as quickly as possible so they can go the fuck home. Okay. They get paid for the whole day or whatever, but oh, okay. they, their goal as soon as they hit that door, which they come in almost last, yeah. is to be the first one out. So. Okay. <laughs> Nice. Apparently, I missed my calling because I get behind those hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So um, we've got three films to speak about today. Um, one of which is uh, actually was released in 2018. Uh, so the, two of these are independent horror movies, and one is the latest big budget superhero. Well, I don't even know if you can call it superhero. Uh, DC Comics Extravaganza. Um, whose budget I, they pro- you probably could have made forty or fifty of these two movies for what they <laughs> yes <laughs> um, okay so the first movie um, as I mentioned before is from uh, 2018 and these these movies are available on all, anywhere that you rent your digital films uh, is called Lilith uh, with with one L well. L-I-L, not L-I-L-L. I always get those two uh, mixed up. And uh, it is an anthology um, that all centers around kind of the, the biblical figure of Lilith, you know, like the kind of the, the, the mother of monsters, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. who, you know, traditionally, aside from being, you know, depending on what, where she's being portrayed like in supernatural i think she was god's sister or something or maybe the first mm. evil i don't remember uh that was a long show um there, there's usually some kind of aspect of you know her going against after men that had been unfaithful or you know shitty towards women um or right. whatever um, so this is directed by Alexander Huang, uh, written by Richard Aguirre, Alexander Huang, and Paul McFall, which is an amazing name, Love by the it. way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it is a independent horror movie through and through. Yeah. Um, this is not, you know, uh, this is not, and this is not like, um, you know, the spirit on display in this movie, as much as... I think there were parts of the movie that, you know, fell flat. I I loved the spirit of independent filmmaking on display in this movie, especially when yeah. we kind of compare it to the next movie we're going to talk about. Because, you know, I think when you're making movies like this, you kind of have to make your choices as to where your money's going to go. And, right. you know, while you could certainly do a lot more with digital effects, practical effects. Uh, your money can, can go a lot further now than it could, you know, when 20, 30 years ago. Um, sure. You know, you're still making a choice. And this, this movie knew that it was making a horror movie about a biblical or, or a character in Jewish mythology uh, who was essentially a female demon, and you can't not 
you can only go so far without any sort of effects. And so they wisely, I think, chose to spend their money on effects. But whereas what we've seen in other independent movies, um, you know, particularly A Ghost Waits or, you know, Dimension Part 2, where you shoot in black and white and your makeup dollar goes so much further. Right. Um, you know, they they're shooting in color kind of lessened it, particularly the very first scene, you know, this kind of Lilith is chasing this guy and she pulls his arms off and his arms are like, each arm is like four, four or five feet long. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I, my wife makes fun of me. Here's, here's a fun fact that you might not know for most people, their wingspan. So t- tip of whatever the, whatever's the longest finger on each hand, tip to tip. If you hold your arms out, by your side, you know, as straight out, you know, kind of 90 degree to your torso. That, that distance is your height. Um, mine is like, my wingspan is like two or three inches longer than my height. And oh. if she had ripped off my arms, they still would have been a good <laughs> foot shorter <laughs> Yeah, than the arms yeah. that she ripped off of this guy. But at the same time, I was like, all right, well, they fucking went for it. And they looked, yeah. you know, I mean, they went and for it. it. practical. It wasn't some shitty CG that you'd see on, like, sci-fi or something. Because later in the movie, they do. And that's the thing I've noticed, and I noticed it a lot in that um, I watched, and we're not, I'm not talking to bringing this up to review this movie, but I watched um, Gunpowder Milkshake, and the number <laughs> of just digital effects for blood on display. I was like, when did a condom filled with red food coloring and yeah. corn syrup become so goddamn expensive? Well, even the, the, the worst offender for that for me was the, um, the third, um, devil's rejects or whatever the third, three yeah. from hell or whatever. Yeah. Three from hell. Lord. Yeah. Even in that, it yeah. was just CG blood everywhere. And I was like, what the fuck? And there's some of that on display here. And the guns they have are like, they sound like pop guns, which I have no idea what sort of <laughs> regulations are involved in discharging a live weapon, even if sure. it's with a, a dummy round. I have no idea what's involved in that situation. So God love them. But the, the movie essentially follows, it's an anthology, Lilith kind of runs mm-hmm. through, but it follows, you know, so there's there's a, a young woman who was in love with her teacher. And then when, when, uh, when it comes to find out that she's pregnant, uh, things go sideways. And there's a, her dad is a cop and, and he kind of is, runs through he has the worst day ever he has the worst day ever because you know he finds out not in a great way that his daughter was pregnant then he there, there's an, another story about a, a an older man who gets visited by a caretaker um who wants to make a deal with him as to how he can see his wife again um so then the cop finds that guy and then um there's a there's a um, kind of a uh exorcism going on and then what's the fourth there's the the guy that pulls over to help the lady with her her car yeah and then he ends up being a serial killer and yeah yeah. so um (laughs) and you know i think that in terms of like the stories that they chose to tell i I think they actually were some pretty interesting stories especially the guy with his caretaker because, yeah. you know, the deal that he ends up making just cements what a fucking horrible human being he was. Yeah. Um, and so you were kind of, but then at the expense of his wife, who was you know, his dead wife, so you kind of could see why 
um, you know, Lilith might might go ahead and and visit him. Um, I, I you know I actually thought I mean some of the stories you know like the you know the young student who falls in love with the teacher, you know that that's you know we we've kind of seen that before. Same thing with like the the serial killer one, but like sure. you know that's that story about the guy and the caretaker. I was like, well, that, that's actually I haven't really seen anything like that. Right. Um, yeah, that, that one was my favorite too, and and that was the one that I mentioned that I kept. There's the guy, uh, the older guy, Philip, who's there that she's there to take care of. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, Vernon who Wells. Is that? Yeah, I'm like who the fuck is that? And I kept looking because I knew, um, um, Felissa Rose was in it, mm-hmm. uh, but I was sitting, and I I didn't recognize you know pretty much anybody else. But I was sitting there looking at, it, and I was like, so I had to stop and look. I was like, it's fucking Vernon Wells. Like it yep. blew my mind. I was like, holy yep. shit. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, that, that dude's been making movies time. for I mean forever. I mean, yeah. You know, he started acting in 1975. He was in Commando, for Christ's sake. He was Bennett. That was me. I know. I knew him as Bennett. And, and then, yeah. Um, yeah uh, World Warrior. He was in Weird Science. Weird uh, Science. You know, After Interspace. Road Warrior, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Last Man I was like, Standing. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So, but so I, but yeah, I agree. I, I think. I think that um, not one story I thought was terrible. I, mm-hmm. I think that. It you know taking a, a a character I guess an entity like Lilith, mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of like we talk about this all the time, right? Play into your strengths, knowing what you have, and you're like, okay, well, why don't we do Lilith and have it be she's, you know, uh, going after these these evil men or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus Christ. How many stories could you write just yeah. based on that premise, right? Right. And then uh, you know, and it's kind of like it's interesting. We talk, we watched a lot of these indie things, and you kind of can tell from the ones that end up being better. Uh, just you know, basically again, playing play to their strengths, but also you can kind of see where there's maybe there's talent there, and yeah. you want to see what these people do afterwards. Yeah. And sometimes maybe it's just not there. Unfortunately, you know, maybe yeah. you know this isn't their bag. But um, you know, this, this kind of reminds me of. Adam Wingard, you know, because mm-hmm. the first thing I saw was Homesick, mm-hmm. which was his first movie, as far as I know. It doesn't make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, he he knew what he had, and he kind of shot his shot, uh, and he got Bill Mosley and Tiffany Shepherd to be in it, and look what that dude does now, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought this was, you know, it's not the best thing you'll ever see, but it's perfectly watchable and enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, and I, I mean it, it it is a minor miracle that anyone is able to make a movie, um, yeah, at all. And but also, and that that's not to say that you, you know you should excuse if a movie isn't working if they're if what they're what they set out to do isn't done well then just because it's independent doesn't matter. Oh, However, yeah. you know when you have something like this that is trying to tell multiple stories, different locations. You know, uh, different actors, actresses, different actresses playing Lilith, like, you know, Mm -hmm. all the way through, but yet having a consistent through line throughout. You know, that to me is even more impressive for the the budget and, 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 and like the, you know, clearly being an independent picture because it, I mean, they could have just, they could have tried to just make it a standard, make it a short, right? You know, I mean, or whatever. Um, And so, um, 
I mean, I enjoyed it when I first started. I was like, what? You know, especially, like I said, right. the first scene where the guy gets his arms ripped off. But then, you know, I kind of was like, all right, well, let, let's see what they're they're doing and where they're going with it. And uh, mm-hmm. and I, I that whole it. thing, right? The, the wraparound is typically the least interesting thing, you know, yeah. and, and it, it also tends to it tends to be the shortest. So it kind of does try to, like, grab you right off the bat a lot of the times with these yeah. anthologies, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I just, you know, I didn't feel like the arm rip was necessary but it like right. it's like all right <laughs> like here we go i i so. feel like what it was was they were like we are an independent horror movie we need people to know that this is going to be we're trying to be a horror capital h so mm-hmm. right <laughs> we're gonna rip this cat's arms off uh from jump so that folks know at least like what the fuck we're about yep. um you know and it's just you know, obviously, the, the 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 degree to which you can execute on that stuff um, is, uh, you know, is going to be based on the amount of money and the, you know, the the talent and and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, this budget uh, estimated budget of three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, which is a fuck ton of money. Don't get me wrong, right? Um, but. Um, Okay. Well, so, you know, Felissa Rose ain't cheap. So yeah. So <laughs> right, right. So for those that are like not full on horror nerds, Felissa Rose played Angela in Sleepaway Camp. Yes. Um, which is like a you know seminal uh, uh, horror movie of the was the early eighties, right? Or was that eighties? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, Sleepaway Camp was doing the Crying Game before the Crying Game did it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I thought if you've never seen, you'll know whether you've seen Sleepaway Camp or not for sure. Oh Based yeah, on that last scene. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the next movie um, is another independent film um, called "As the Village Sleeps," uh, directed by Terry Spears, based off of a story by Chloe Belande. Hopefully, I'm I'm uh, saying her name right. Um, and uh, starring Chloe Cameramere, uh Mark Adam Goff, who we were talking on the show before this, who was in The Pale Door, um, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other folks. Um, Winnie Doo as uh, Julia. Uh, so basically, um, this is kind of the other side of Lilith in terms of, I think this was a movie that knew they did not want uh maybe you know for monetary reasons or whatever we're not going to spend a a ton of money on effects uh practical or digital really of any sort Mm -hmm. um instead trying to craft a more um psychological i guess horror experience where the audience is somewhat left guessing as to what exactly is going on. Um, essentially, um, this woman, uh, Julia, um, or Khan, I forget who, which person had everybody come to. Oh, Lord, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so, so this young woman um, has all of her friends over at uh, her father's house, um, a cabin um, in, you know, basically typical, hey, we've got all these folks over. Um, we're going to, uh, um, 
you know, have a party, but then there's some drama there because, you know, her ex-boyfriend is coming over and, um, you know, and, and I guess she's kind of yeah. on the outs with her sister who they also had wanted the, uh, the cabin or, or whatnot. Um, so, you know, everybody comes over. It's, it seems like they kind of, um, get, uh, you know, get along with each other. And, but then, um, this one dude starts telling this story, uh, basically playing essentially kind of like a werewolves within around Mm -hmm. the campfire where certain individuals are the werewolf and they have to be blindfolded. There's one, one, one person who's a witch and the werewolves get to decide who they're going to harvest, but the witch can cast a spell to either save or, uh, you know, save someone or not, maybe save it for themselves if they, but then also if like you're peeking, then um, you kind of, you would lose uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, the movie tries to make it seem like there actually is a werewolf because the very beginning of the movie, you see the young couple get attacked by something, but they never address it. And they just kind of make it sound like, well, so some of the people who got killed in the party game start disappearing, not dying, just disappearing. We don't know where they are, what happened to them. And then, there's growling, but we never see anything. We don't see any evidence of, you know, and there's not an arm, you know, on the ground right, or, right. or whatever. And then folks just kind of have this idea of, well, the forest is continuing to play the game. Right. And I had a really kind of hard time following along with what mm. was going on. So Eleanor Saraville plays Sarah. Sarah's the one who. Okay. Um, gets I could have been. I'm looking at the. Yeah. The cast, but I just couldn't remember. Yeah, she's the one who who gets, you know, the whole uh, yeah. kind of crew together. Um, well, it's 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 a whole lot of nonsense. That it it starts for me with uh, the the guy at the party who pulls out the deck of cards and wants to play Werewolves Within. Yeah, uh, and he starts like calling out rules, and this other dude, this dude bro with long hair, yeah, he just grabs the cards, having yeah. never heard of this game, right, and proceeds and says, "We'll make our own rules," mm-hmm. and then proceeds to say every fucking rule that's in Werewolves Within, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's supposed to be making it up on the fly, right? Right. And then and then people go to get beer after they die or something, and the guy's like, "No, we got to finish the game," right. And then uh. And then, like, they realize that people who died during the game while they were playing were missing, like you said. And then uh, the game is being still being played, but in real life or some shit. Right. Uh, and then, like, it just feels like a bunch of ideas. Like, I think, I don't think it necessarily was directed poorly. I just think it when you start off with a bad script, you kind of can't go, you can't do a whole lot. Right. fix you know the problems that are there and it's just the script was a mess you got you got right. one guy who's out in the woods doing the Blair Witch thing where he keeps going in circles but they don't explain anything right. uh, and he's the only one it's happening to so why is that because he's the sheriff I mean I don't know wasn't he the sheriff it's like yeah. it doesn't make sense right and then um, 
I did think uh, there was one shot of one effect, sort of. And maybe it's just because I can't see all that well. Um, but there was the one shot in the kitchen where the girl at the sink turned around mm-hmm. and, and kind of... Because this one guy, they were doing these like Wayne's World effects where the screen would get blurry. Yes. And, and he would see what he thought were somewhat werewolf type yeah. people. Yeah. And um, she turned and looked at him. And in his head, she turned and snarled at him. And I thought she looked kind of cool. Uh, but that was kind of it for me. I just think that I think that the script was a mess. I think that, you know, regardless of performances or, or direction or anything else, uh, there was no way to... Uh, to save this thing based on the, and I don't know, like it doesn't seem like this was something that probably took a whole lot of time to do. And I wonder if with, you know, werewolves then coming out, um, maybe if they wanted to do like the, you know, the Hornet to, to Miramax's Bumblebee or whatever, right. Yeah. This thing kind right. of trying to be the, the direct-to-video knockoff of where, well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, at one point they go to talk to the the sheriff because, oh, you know, the, the, they had gone, um, you know, they remember that they left this, you know, woman at the, at the, uh, whatever, the liquor store. Mm-hmm. But then they, they go back to get her because they'd forgotten. They had left her there. And then her, but she, they find her phone, but she's missing. So then right. they go to the sheriff's office, and the sheriff is basically like, whatever. And then the guy is an asshole, so he gets arrested. Yeah. But some, you know, it's right. like, and then there's like a bear trap, and then, yeah. and then people are missing, and um, people are getting shot, and cars are getting run <laughs> off the road, and then they're burying yeah. a card game, and I'm like, what? I, what is happening? I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it it. I mean, putting aside the fact that, like, like the movie Werewolves Within had literally no, like, no one in that movie played a game. <laughs> like, it was just right. it was just the idea of a party game where you get a bunch of people together, and one of them is a werewolf. Right. Of course, in the case of Werewolves Within, we didn't even know if that was the case, right? Until the end, you know, it's kind of like the Wolf of Snow Hollow. You're kind of left guessing the entire time, but mm-hmm. in the Wolf of Snow Hollow, you find out whether or not someone is a werewolf. In Werewolves Within, you find <laughs> out whether or not someone is a werewolf. And the fun of both of those movies now is to go back and rewatch them, knowing what you know to see if the filmmaker sprinkled things throughout right. that would allow you to, you know, make the right choice, so to speak. This movie mm-hmm. is literally, there's not, it's not that someone might be a werewolf, which is the whole purpose of werewolves within same thing. If you play Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> it, someone is a Cylon. Like that's the whole purpose is to know if you play among us, someone is the saboteur or whatever they call it. Right. right? Like right. if you have a movie like this where they're playing a card game, like someone has to end up being a werewolf because last I checked werewolves don't hang around in the woods, hoping that someone plays canasta, so they know <laughs> who now 
they're going to to eat. Werewolves are just they are creatures of opportunity. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so and this is where I started to get because then and I think this is the problem like I don't I don't know if you do this but because we watch so many movies I start to think, "Oh, they're trying to do something like this movie." Or they're yes. trying to do something like that movie. I'm trying to find connections. Whereas I think someone who just doesn't watch horror movies would watch it and just be like, this doesn't make sense. Because I was like, okay, like, it, like, it, like, is this like an in the earth type of thing where like the forest is actually like, I mean, obviously forests are alive, but, but it has a purpose. Like there's a directing right. people to do, you know what I mean? But then yeah. they, it was the card game and they're like, the forest is playing well, yeah. the game. And I'm like, what game? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I have no idea. I think it. I think the idea was that the game they were trying to quit before the game was over, and and thus the game wouldn't allow them to do that. So, but, which I would get. Had to keep here's how, here's how I would get that. They go to this cabin. They're having a good fucking time. Someone parties too hard, knocks something down, and it busts a hole in the floor, and they find this this lockbox that has these cards that no one has ever seen before with these symbols on them and 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 they figure out how to play it and it and it and it summons mm-hmm. something that is like yes. oh no it's on now this fucking game's going to the end yes. right yes. like that i would more understand but it'd be like if i just decided to play pinochle right like it's just a <laughs> game that anyone can play you can whatever or like anything or like fucking um you know, whatever the, I, I don't know card games, but but we got to do Uno. Yeah, Uno. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you could go to any Target or Walmart, Barnes and Noble, whatever, and buy this game. But yet now the forest is like, nope, draw four, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. wild card, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reverse, skip. <laughs> I'm in your ass. <laughs> Um, you know but but like you said i don't think it was necessarily poorly directed i think the the score was a little heavy but i mean there was some you know and and the performances you know i I don't know they're necessarily bad performances i think they just didn't have a coherent i loved dollar tree johnny depp or skeet ulrich yeah like he looked like he looked skeet ulrich looked like dollar tree skeet ulrich looked like he was like Fresh off of a theater version mm. of uh, Edward Scissorhands, yeah, and he was just laying that shit on thick in the, in yeah. the sheriff's office. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, that's that's the guy who ended up getting getting arrested, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, because uh, the other guy was Dollar Tree Bon Jovi. <laughs> he was good too. <laughs> down in a blaze of glory um yeah so yeah rain rain thomason was uh dollar tree uh bon jovi i believe and michael gum uh nick was uh, yep, nick yeah. skeet ulrich yep which is funny <laughs> because when skeet ulrich first hit it big we were like why is he trying to be Johnny Depp, right? right. <laughs> Just like when 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 uh, uh, Christian Slater hit a big, we're like, why is he trying to be Jack Nicholson? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so uh, as we mentioned before, both those movies available at the streaming service of your choice. This next movie um, is available in theaters, uh, but also um, on HBO Max per their every movie we release in 2021 uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, James Gunn writing and directing um the suicide squad uh starring you know just everybody and their mother uh, margot robbie reprises her role as harley quinn um as does um uh, joel kinnaman is back as, as colonel flag Viola davis is back as amanda waller and jai courtney back as captain boomerang the rest <laughs> of the cast is just a, a who's who of character actors and people that you are putting money on to try to figure out um, who dies first. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> including uh, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, the always amazing Michael Rooker as Savant, um, Nathan Fillion as TDK, Flula Borg, who I did not realize was a German comedian, um, as yes. Javelin, uh, Mailing Ng as Mongal, Pete Davidson as Blackguard, um, Sean Gunn as Weasel, and I always pronounce his name incorrectly. Um, David Dal Dalmaschian. Das Melchain. Das Melchain. Das Melchain. Um, as Polka Dot Man. Um, and I mean, we he's he's in everything. He's been in the Flash. He was in two uh, Ant Man movies. Um, What's well, funny? I didn't know this, but the the Dark Knight was his first movie. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy in the um, the jail cell, right? Wasn't he? He was. Uh, I I don't remember. I know for sure he was in the um, the police procedural like scene or whatever when they yeah. were all out. Yeah. yeah, he was in the Joker's gang dressed up as a cop. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yep. I mean, for me, the the standout, honestly, of this was um, Daniela Melchior as as Ratcatcher too. Yeah, she was great. Um, I think that seems to be the the overall consensus too, because she's she's been all over the internet the past few days. She so. was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I mean, okay, so yeah. there's a few things. That just I'm going to come out of the gate and just say that I, I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt it it, it, uh, it dragged a little in the movie, but in the middle, but honestly, for me now, I feel like. Every movie I watch drags a little in the middle. I don't know if I just Same. my attention span is just such that. But um, the the structure of the movie where you kind of get to see one team doing its thing and what happens to them, then mm. the other team doing its thing, then let's come back and see how they kind of met each other and, and establish that, and then how it kind of goes from there. Um, yeah. I thought was was great, but the thing that I. One of the, the thing that I enjoyed the most about this movie is how much, how committed every single person in every role is in this film. There's not one yeah. phoned-in performance no. at all. No. And and I don't know if it's just that. I don't know if James Gunn just makes a uh, an environment that people just really like working with him, so they're inclined to give it their all. I don't know if it mm-hmm. just was a really fun shoot. I it seems like it was a fun shoot because. Yeah. These folks seem to be having the time of their life. Um, well, obviously Cena was because he's yeah, still in Yeah, and that's the thing. Like when you look at these people, like okay, when you look at what Idris Elba has done, Idris Elba played one of the greatest characters, it's Stringer Bell, on one of the greatest TV shows ever made. And if he stopped there, he would still 
he would be remembered as one of the greatest characters in one of the greatest TV shows ever made and not have to do anything else. But then, I mean, in Luther, Jesus Christ, he was amazing. But like, and then, but he completely committed to this and he, I mean, he was fucking great. And then John Cena is totally found his, like, the thing I love about John Cena is he's not trying to be the rock where he's got to win everything and he's got to be the Mm -hmm. lead. Like, he seems to have dialed in that he can, you know, he can do the comedy, but also he's got the physicality for fight scenes and things like that. But he's got the timing (laughs) and the deadpan and all that stuff like that can can work. But it's like... Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Margot Robbie, finally, three films, we get a Harley Quinn that Ooh. she seems so comfortable as and, and was able to <sighs> yeah. be like, this is the Harley Quinn we would kind of expect. I mean, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed Birds of Prey, but I still am kind of like, I'm not sure what movie, is this a Birds of Prey movie? Is it a Harley Quinn movie? But also, right. like, given the character that she is, you know, kind of anything less than an R, and I'm not, is... And not not the cartoon version, but this like what we've seen of her so far. But like yeah. again, the the physicality on display, the way they weave in some of the humor, her mindset, you know, some of the things that she sees. Well, like right, this one, this one, she's she's kind of full on. They go into the full on nuts kind of thing. Yeah. Also, this is the first one where she doesn't have a Joker like weighing her down in some way. Yeah, and you she know, this actually is the first one where she's on her own. Right, and she actually there's a there's a whole scene where she says like I had to be I have to be on the lookout for red flags, and I, I mm-hmm. see one here, and you're like, well, fucking yeah, good for you. Plus, she also gets to wear clothes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but the you know the thing about this and 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 that all the way down the line when you see kind of who some of these you know characters these actors and actresses are playing and how silly they are but yet they fully commit to it yeah and they have to because otherwise it doesn't work right like it's it's right you know it, it has to be they have to give it everything because once the cracks start to show then you're like you know it, it, it starts to fall apart and of course we're we're forgetting um you know sylvester stallone um voicing <laughs> Um, yeah. King Shark, um, and then I forget Which was who. like the after uh, production, from what I understand. He was like the last last minute brought on to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, let's see, John uh, Steve Agee played yeah. um, the on set. Yeah, uh, he did the. Yeah, he wore he, the little suit or whatever. He wore the suit. Yeah, and then um, and then uh, Sylvester Stallone did did. Uh, did the voice um but you know the the the, the movie has a, a surprising amount of heart i mean you could go oh, okay well Idris Elba he plays this black guy he's in prison he shoots he hits everything he shoots uh and then they're threatening his daughter and so he joins the suicide squad well where have we seen that before we saw that in the last right. suicide squad but yeah, the mechanics yeah. behind that were so different because you know Floyd Lawton loved his daughter right and this yeah. guy was like, get the fuck you. Like, they're screaming, <laughs> yeah. fuck you at each other. Right. Like, he right. was just like, I told you years ago, get the fuck away from me. But I don't want anything to do with you. But yeah. but then when he realizes what they're going to do to her, he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm in. But then, you know, that him, us seeing him have that change of heart early on helps to inform down the line when, you know, 
him and and others kind of realize they have a they have an opportunity here to go beyond what it is they're supposed to be doing right um and um but um and also this is the first like i think it's hilarious that you know it takes a dc movie written by james gunn to cast the americans for the most part as one of the bad guys yeah um you know i think that you know obviously i think from a critical and financial standpoint the marvel movies are doing okay but they would never do anything like that we saw that some in falcon and winter soldier when we're kind of hearing about the stuff that you know the experimentation that they did on um you know, the first black Captain America or whatever, um, and, and how shitty that was. But, like, Marvel was not willing to paint the U.S. government as bad until they had been infiltrated by Nazis. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it took Nazis for them to be like, no, 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 they're just doing this stuff that's bad because they're Nazis. Whereas, like, in this movie, you know, they make it very clear. They're like, oh, yeah, the Americans were totally cool with Cordo Maltese until Cordo Maltese was like, fuck you, Yankees. And then right. they were like, well, <laughs> shit, you're not useful to us anymore. And where have we seen that before? Uh, and then was completely willing to let everybody on this island be enslaved by a giant fucking alien because <laughs> hey you know what we got what we needed left the money on the dresser i'm out yep. and yep. i mean you don't you would never see that in a marvel movie where they are painting the united states as just just absolutely shitty opportunists uh who are just willing to give a big old fuck you uh to 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 some other part of the world uh in or you know because they got what they needed right and I don't know if I would have expected to see that in any <laughs> superhero no, movie that isn't no. like, you know, based on a, you know, Ronald Moore comic. <laughs> <laughs> and then not to mention just getting into the whole idea of, and I mean, obviously this was done in the comics, so it's nothing new, but this idea of prison labor being expendable, right? Yeah, right. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 you know, this idea that we've got these people who are jumping at the chance to put their lives in danger. Now, some of them might be like, hey, I'm just getting another opportunity to shoot someone in the face. I'm cool with that. But they're yeah. jumping out the opportunity to put their lives in danger to get time off of sentences that from all intents and purposes, they're never going to see the end of anyway. Yeah, that's. I think that's the genius of, of the book, though. Because, yes. Uh, you know, that, but also like, they're expendable right that's the whole yeah. point and it's it's dc taking all these c-list and lower mm -hmm. you know villains with the exception of probably deadshot and obviously in this case you know harley's in there and she's in the comic now but yeah but like back in the day like right. deadshot was probably the the big name you know yeah and and if they wanted to kill off you know the polka dot man it wasn't a big deal but it, right. like but with the correct writer it's an amazing story, right? And that's right. the genius of of the comic, and and James Gunn obviously knows that because you know he kind of he took a bunch of characters and got to basically do whatever he wanted to with them, which you don't expect either, right? Yeah, especially nowadays because 
everything is a, a hot property, even, you know, uh, <laughs> polka dot man. Right. <laughs> like, so, so the fact that he got to do what he did to some of the characters I found uh, shocking to yeah. say the least. Yes. But, uh, you know, especially with the way the, the cast has been kind of, but you kind of got a feeling like from Deadpool two with X force, you kind of knew once you got into the movie, what was going to happen. Yeah. And so, for some of the characters in this, I kind of was like, yeah, okay. Like, we got some cannon fodder. Um, yes. It's still, it, even no matter how, like you said, no matter how long they were on the screen, everybody seemed to be having a ball. Yeah. And and from, you know, everything, I've heard a couple of uh, podcasts where people that were in the show were talking about it and stuff. And yeah, they were like, man, <clears throat> it was just like a party kind of thing. James mm. Gunn's, the set was super fun. And anytime James Gunn and Nathan Fillion get together, like, yeah. you know, it's going to be a good time. Yes. Uh, those dudes love each other. And yeah. I'm glad because yeah. I love both of them. So, yeah. And yes. it's the kind of thing, right? You kind of know when when Taika Waititi shows up in a cameo as Ratcatcher, you're like, this is fucking great. And how like, much heart was in that? I mean, just like exactly. I mean, between I mean, and he his his whole thing about like why rats? It's like, well, if the littlest, if 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 the smallest least seen of us don't matter, then mm-hmm. how can any of us? Right. 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 Um, but then even they fucking make you feel bad for Starro the fucking conqueror for Christ's sake. I know. I was like, oh, like that was just a just little twist of the nut. I was like, oh my god, like. Oh, I love I love the Starro. I my only complaint is like I feel like kind of some of the stuff in the middle I could have done without just for more Starro. Yeah. Like I would have loved more Starro. Yeah. Uh, Although it was nasty, man. There was some. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting stuff going on. But that's the thing. That's James Gunn, right? Like, if you go back to the trauma stuff or... You you give a trauma kid $100 million (laughs) and see what you get. (laughs) Yeah, and from what I read, like, Warner Brothers just let them do... I don't know if they finally, like, kind of learned their lesson. um, And they just kind of let him do his thing. It certainly seems that way. That seems to be the consensus, so... You know, and, and I mean, I keep hearing all this talk about you know, kind of it underperforming at the box office or whatnot. And I mean, it's just, it was such a tiring conversation. Oh, to man, have. I'm so done with fucking film Twitter and all that bullshit. Right. That people are trying to apply the rules of standard, you know, tentpole blockbusters to what mm-hmm. we are doing right now. Like, right. it's just, you cannot compare, you cannot say that a movie that is available for free for a huge subscriber base right it's not like disney plus where you've got to pay because people go oh black widow okay well disney plus you have to pay 30 dollars on top of your on top of your your subscription (laughs) so even if you have disney plus you're gonna go well wait a minute if only i want to see black widow and I want to see it now. Well, I'll go mm-hmm. buy it, buy a ticket. Or F nine. Well, first of all, F nine is a multi billion dollar franchise, and mm-hmm. it was only available in the theaters. Right. That was the only way you could see it, with no kind of understanding. Their path forward of streaming all had to do with okay. Well, if we hit this number, it'll be a month. Otherwise, it's six weeks. Whatever. And six weeks ago, which is like because or you know. F9 came out on June 25th. That's a lifetime ago in terms of like how <laughs> yes. COVID has changed between 
now and then. So to right. then to compare that and try to say it underperforms, like I guarantee, like if you don't think that AT and T did not do the math when they made the decision to make every Warner Brothers movie. I mean, you know how much fucking money they spent on making Dune? Mm-hmm. But they're saying, yep, y'all can watch it at home. Right? Like, they yeah. know that every single person that they get to that subscription service, yeah, sure, so they don't go to the theater and buy a ticket. Guess what? Every fucking month they're spending a ticket. Because it's exactly. 15 bucks a month. Right, exactly. And it's not, you can't say that it's not, there's not, there's not this, it's the same thing they try to do with piracy, where they go, oh, well, if somebody pirated a movie, they would have gone to see it. No, they would not have. Right. Like, that's not how it works. So, someone who watches Suicide Squad at home on HBO Max may not have gone to see it in the theater, because let's face it, it's the sequel to a movie that didn't get a great critical reception in the first place and was filled yep. with characters most common people don't know about. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, they're probably going to be like, wait, they made another one? Well, what, what, what the fuck? Let's watch it. And then, you know what I mean? They're not going to yep. go out to the theater yep. and, and see it. So you can't make that comparison. And even if it is considered a flop, it's, which I would heartily disagree with, the folks behind the scenes know that there is a long game to be played, and that long game is subscribers. Mm-hmm. And they are willing to write off this year in terms of ticket sales. And I don't know if you can necessarily say, okay, well, that means we'll never get another one. I don't know if you can say that because the amount of, I think, critical you know, response that this movie is getting, um, I don't think just because the numbers aren't there doesn't necessarily mean that Warner Brothers wouldn't be willing to work with James Gunn in the future if they wanted to work together. Right. So, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm I'm telling you, man, I said this on Twitter, but I am fucking absolutely here for the kite manification of every Z-list Fuck yeah. super villain. <laughs> me too. Like, but it's... It, man, there's... God, how many people? Condiment King? Like, you could fucking make Suicide Squad movies just about forever with some of the. Right. Because, I mean, the dopey ass villains that were around in the Silver Age. My God. Right. And, I mean, Tom King showed that all it takes is good writing and a little bit of heart, and you can plug yourself into these guys that were normally considered jokes. And I think James Gunn does the exact same thing here with Polka Dot Man, who, by the way, didn't really have... He was just... Prior to this, he was like, ah, yeah, I just have Polka Dots and they they get bigger and they hide shit, right? There was no, like, (laughs) set, you know... And even right. even if you watch like if you if you see how Kite Man is such a big part in the Harley Quinn animated series, but still yes, you know, holds on to the Hell yeah. <laughs> Kite Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and it's like all it just it just takes it just takes some or like when you look at what, you know, Gail Simone did with you know, the Sinister Six or whatever. Um yeah. or um uh, not Sinister Secret uh Secret uh Secret something. Secret, secret Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, with like oh, Bane. Jeff Johns. My God, Jeff Johns has made a career yeah. out of fixing Silver Age characters with horrible continuity and actually making them modern and make sense. Right, right. So, I mean, all it takes is just someone who's willing to not want to pick from the, you know, the heavy hitters, so to speak. Right, uh, and also treat them like they're not silly, you know. Right. 
uh, <laughs> kitty bullshit, right? And right. make them actual people. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I mean, the only, the only thing that I thought was, um, and I, I don't want to spoil who lives and who dies or anything, but mm-hmm. kind of going into it, knowing that Warner Brothers was like, had already greenlit a Peacemaker show. Mm. Which I'm all for, by the way. Yeah, uh, you're kind of like, okay, well, one of two things happens: either it's a prequel, which right. could, which it could be because it could be he he's in jail, he did shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's uh, been around. Or he doesn't die, <laughs> you know. Right. So yeah, um, and and I don't, you know, I really wasn't, I didn't like going into it. Uh, yeah, it's and thinking it's like there was this that it's as early as they did. I think yeah. You know, because you don't want this like external thing, um, just putting thoughts in your head. You want to go into it knowing right. that everybody's exactly. expendable. And goddamn it, they make they do so many kind of bait and switches in terms of with with things. I was genuinely surprised at some of the folks that yeah, died. Yeah, I was too. I yeah. was too. <laughs> uh, but uh, but even just the. The scene when the one team's flying in and and the javelin's talking to TDK and he's like, "Is that your name?" He's, he's what's TDK? No, he's like, "It's me." He's like, "But no, what's TDK?" He's like, "It's me. It's my name." He's like, "But it's just letters." And then Boomerang Man's like, "Every name's just letters, mate." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And usually, like that kind of thing irks me. But man, they all play off each other so well, and it's. It's what you would expect from this caliber of villain, right? Yeah. They're all idiots, pretty right. much. Not all of them, but like that's kind of the thing. Yeah. And so just them talking to each other is fucking hilarious. Right. And the Blackguard getting upset at Weasel's like, is this a werewolf? You put me next to a fucking yeah. werewolf? Like, he actually <laughs> thinks it's a werewolf, which honestly makes sense, given. And then Harley's just like, I've always wanted to meet a werewolf. Like, like to her, she's like, yay. Her thing is like, is this a dog? Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking dog do you think that is? <laughs> yeah. You keep showing Weasel's dumbass face, and he has yeah. no idea what's going on. The eyes bugging out. Yeah, he's harmless. <laughs> well, he ate 12 children, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's... Uh, I mean, and it kind of continues throughout. It's not like they don't just like... This is a, this is a movie where they were very smart because they definitely show jokes in the trailer, but it's not where... And I know you don't watch trailers, but... Yeah, I didn't watch trailers. They, they so showed some of the, that stuff in the in the trailer where, you know, the thing about Weasel eating 12 kids. So some of that stuff I oh. knew, uh, or some of the stuff they did when they were talking to the thinker, and she's like, if you have a personalized mm-hmm. license plate, we'll kill you. And they're like, wait, whoa, no. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. But, like, there's so many jokes that are not in the trailer that it really was a nice surprise to watch and to see kind of what they 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 decided to to hold back on um because as as we know which is why you don't watch trailers uh, rightfully so they just they cannot resist the urge to just put the whole fucking movie out there um but uh yeah so i i thoroughly enjoyed it i was it was one of those things where i was hoping it was going to be good and then when the reviews started coming in i was like okay and then when i was watching it i was like yep this is it um this is it so yeah i loved it awesome okay so real quick uh on the game side so you i'm just you you started playing cyberpunk i'm just curious as to what kind of yeah 
got you to start playing cyberpunk? Uh, I started to say something one night. I think it was, I guess it was Friday night during Drunk Watch. But, you know, I, I played um, the werewolf game just to... Yeah. Because I spent a very long time playing something else, and I just wanted something quick to get through. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just wanted something kind of fast and be done with it. And now I'm kind of like... I typically will have a thing where I'm playing something and I don't necessarily plan to finish it anytime soon. It's just something yeah. I can pick up and play as I go along. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm still playing ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I started playing that again yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have that on the PS cause I finished Avengers. That's the other thing I did oh, okay. after werewolf. Yep. So on each system, I've got kind of a thing where I'm playing something that I'm going to be done with pretty soon and something else that I'm taking my time and just working my way through. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was just, something to do on the xbox i had bought it um i think i paid 20 bucks for it mm-hmm. best buy was trying to get rid of it after that whole the shit storm that was its release and i got yeah. it like some weird edition with books and postcards and shit and a steel book and all this shit and i was like what well, for 20 dollars? i mean fuck even if it's terrible i'll get 20 dollars out of it just fucking around um and so i just i just put it in just to see if i was gonna like it or not you know mm-hmm. and it it's all right you know, yeah it's a it's a it feels a lot like a a Bethesda, a Bethesda, a Bethesda yeah. game. Yeah. Now, I don't I don't play a lot of CG pro, CD Projekt Red stuff. I as we know, I've tried The Witcher Three, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't. I don't know if all their games are kind of janky or whatever, but it very much feels At like launch, a Bethesda. Yeah, a million percent. <laughs> Oh, okay. I All mean, right. Jesus Christ, the, the fucking Witcher 3 Wild Hunt on the Switch Definitive Edition, your horse will still climb a fucking roof. I mean, <laughs> That's right, I forgot about the horse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had it, I had it like 10 yeah. minutes I had the horse, and I was like, yep, here well, we are. Because well, I got a I've bush. A, <laughs> I've, I've only had a couple of glitches, but one of them reminded me so much of Roach. I put it on Twitter, mm-hmm. where like I called my car to come, because I was standing on the sidewalk facing a street, and all you hear are these fucking tires screeching and shit's going on. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And I turn around and my car is haul assing through shipping containers, yep. like clipping through them until it hits the one closest to me. And then you hear this loud crash and you just see the front of the car clip through the shipping container. Yep. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. It's hilarious, but it doesn't help me. <laughs> yep. My objective is on the other side of the fucking world and now my car is stuck. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the only thing, and it made me laugh. So it's like, so far, uh, I had to stop the game, turn it off, and turn it back on once because I had jacked into a console, did what I had to do, and then her hands got stuck Yeah, in animation trying to unjack from it, and so she just stood there. And I was like, well, <laughs> but that's, like, really the only thing so far. And yeah. I put maybe six hours on it so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm still – I'm just past the – the five-hour epilogue or whatever before right. you, it kind of lets you go do whatever. Right, right. So just past that. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, you know, played it when it still was needed a substantial amount of work, and then mm-hmm. I, just, I didn't and then was okay with it. So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I am, um, you know, it's funny. I've kind of been, uh, these games that I, I think I'm going to enjoy, and then I end up, kind of bouncing off of them like you know i rented skyward sword and the controls were so fucking terrible sent it back mm. i've been playing the world ends with you sequel demo and i kind of liked it but i also just kind of felt like eh, 
and it was just kind of okay. But then I got the, I rented the game, and as I got more into it, what it ended up doing is it just started adding more systems of things to keep track of. Oh. Like, okay, now I gotta get Jesus. clothes, and now I gotta check their thoughts, and I gotta link and do social yeah, linking and stuff. And I I've just barely gotten a grasp on the combat system. Well, yeah, because I think it's because the, a lot of these extra systems they don't really talk about in the demo. They kind of wait until the main game. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I just don't want to have to keep track of all that shit. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of sent that back. Um, I'd waited for the season pass of fucking Immortals to go on sale. Bought that, then picked up the game used off of Gamefly. Uh, mm. Played um, the New Gods and hated it because it was all the platforming and the puzzles. And that game's physics is so fucking inconsistent. It's You cannot mm. make an entire... It's fine for certain things. Every once in a while, you're going after collectibles that don't matter, but to make the entire game incumbent upon that physics right. engine doing what you want it to do nope so i played that yeah. didn't play a lot ended it i myth of the eastern realms i thought was great um it was i played that and did finish it and then i started the lost gods which is like this kind of top-down like diablo-esque type of thing and i was fine mm. with it until like everything requires some kind of collectible currency, including saves. Like if you want to save, Ooh. you have to go to an altar and have a fig, and you. Wow. And I'm like, and that, Man, at that point, school. I was like, <laughs> nope. That's like ribbons in Resident Evil. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like so. All of the if you want to raise a bridge, you got to make it. So then you're like wandering around, or. And I was mm. like, no, yeah, uh, because it. the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, I thought it came out the twelfth. Turns out it comes out the 20th. So I had finished Arkham Asylum, which mm -hmm. is still great, and I made the conscious choice to save my sanity and not do all the challenge maps. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to start up Arkham City because Ghost of Tsushima comes out soon. And then I realized Ghost of Tsushima does not come out soon, and I booted up Arkham City. And I mean, you know, uh, I'm not like there's a lot left to be said about Batman, I will tell you that when you play these two games back to back, mm -hmm. the the evolution and the amount of progression, like that the that goes from asylum to city, is just mind boggling. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. it is. I knew that there was a lot more in city, but I mean, there is. Yeah. It's. It, I had not realized how much more there was just right off the bat. And it's crazy to, to see, you know, how they added and iterated and refined and, um, you know, going going into the, the, the second one. But also just how good it looks and, you know, performs and plays and how much faster the combat is if you got more mm -hmm. options. But, I mean, I had, you know, when there's years in between them, you don't, you go, oh, this is new. I remember in you know, Asylum, I had to wait to get this, and now I have it right off the bat. But other things, too. Yeah. And it's just, but, you know, when you literally finish it and then two days later start the next one, um, you really appreciate it a lot more. Um, cool. So, and I did, uh, so my next thing is I'm going to, I want to play the demo for the Monster Hunter Rise 2 or whatever, just because I'm curious to see if that's if that's any good. But, I mean, for me, it's... The stories thing or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, you know the the director's cut, and then the aliens fire team elite. I think that looks like that could be a lot of fun. 
uh, that comes out at the end of August too. So, cool. Maybe we can. I don't know if other folks are planning on playing it, but it seems like that might be a good time. So we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this has been episode one twenty-seven. So we're going to be back next week uh, to talk about a movie that's uh, coming out next week, um, as well as uh, some other horror stuff that we got we got cooking. Um, so you do not have to wait two weeks to hear our lovely voices <laughs> again. That's right. That's so right. Apologies in advance. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us this week. This has been episode 127 of Divided by Werewolves. Uh, we look forward to spending some more time with you next week. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night and have a good evening.